Life Audio. Welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me and looking forward to sharing something with you that has been on my heart and on my mind. There's a passage of scripture that we have looked at before. It has been quite a while. We're coming back to this. This won't be unfamiliar to those of you that follow along with this show, but it's a passage of scripture that uh, I've talked about often. And it's one that has really, as I've considered what I want to say today and what I want this show to be about, and and really a lot of the things that are going on in life, it's a passage of Scripture that's come back to me again and again and again, and it sits on my heart, it sits on my mind, and I wanted to share this with you. The question for today's episode is this, and we're going to get into this in just a second, but the question for today's episode is this, what does God say about moving forward? We talk about this all the time, don't we, on this show? How do we move forward? How do we deal with the traumas and the trials, the difficulties of the past, the obstacles of our future? How do we take that next step? How do we move forward? A better question in all of this is, what does God say about moving forward? And then we could ask this next question. We've talked in the last several weeks about having a relationship with God and how we live to glorify God. Here's another question we could ask. How does taking the next step bring honor and glory to God? What does God say about moving forward, and how does taking the next step bring Him glory? I want to share a passage with you today and some thoughts from that passage, and we'll jump into that in just a moment. I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the show, and if you're watching on YouTube, uh, there was just a momentary lapse of time, but if you're listening on the radio or you're listening to the podcast of this, maybe you heard some great ads, I hope that you did, but welcome back. Uh, We will jump into our content here in just a second, but I want to remind you, if you have not yet taken time to subscribe, please subscribe to this show That is good for you. It is good for me. It lets you know when this content is pushed live on whatever uh, podcast platform you prefer to listen from. Uh, You can also subscribe on YouTube and get the YouTube videos that go along with this audio content. Please do that. 
Go to jeremystalnicker.com, jeremystalnicker.com. That is my website, and there you will um, be able to find all things related to me. My socials are there. My story, my biography is there if you're interested in that. Um, other podcasts I'm involved in, my blog, all of that is at jeremystalnicker.com. So please go and check that out. And then finally, and we've been talking about this, and I'll talk about this a lot more over the next several weeks, but we at the Mighty Oaks Foundation are getting ready to do a challenge, and the challenge is called the 22 for 22 Challenge, and you can find more information about that at 22for22challenge.com. 22, the numbers, 4, F-O-R, 22, challenge.com. And the challenge is this, from October 21st, through November 11th. November 11th is Veterans Day. October 21st through November 11th, that's 21 days. Uh, I will personally be running a marathon a day, 26.2 miles a day, and that's to bring awareness to the veteran suicide uh, epidemic. So many of the men and women who have served us have made that final decision to end their lives, and we need to talk about that. Talk about not only the fact that it's happening, but the fact that there are solutions and so we're doing that. But along with that, you can find this on the 22for22challenge.com website. There is a place that you can sign up. You can register a virtual platform. You don't have to do a marathon a day, but you can pick an event and a distance for 22 straight days. Maybe you want to run or walk a mile a day for 22 days, ride that distance, whatever it is you want to do. But some physical activity for 22 days straight, sign up. You can do that uh, and then with that, and this is kind of the more important part of all of that, you can reach into your network and pull other people in, give them an opportunity to support financially the work of the Mighty Oaks Foundation. And this is a, hopefully a creative and fun way to do that. So please go and check that out. That's a lot of stuff. All right, to today's topic. What does God think about or what does God say about moving forward? If we were to ask God, God, what do you think about moving forward? <laughs> we talk about this march or die stuff, and we talk about putting one foot in front of the other and moving forward, all these things that we say. What would God say about all of this? And then the bigger question, or at least similar in size and importance, but I would say maybe the bigger question in light of what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, is how does moving forward bring glory to God? If my purpose is to live a life that honors and glorifies God, then how does moving forward do that? How do I glorify God? How do I honor God when I make the decision that instead of staying where I am and giving up, staying where I am and throwing in the towel, uh, deciding that it's just not worth it, when I make the decision to take the hard next step, and the one after that, and the one after that, when I decide to march, when it would be easier to stay where I am and die, how in that is God glorified? And that's an important question, and one that we find, I think, illustrated so well in a passage that I mentioned earlier, uh, I've been through before. Exodus chapter 14. Uh, this is such a great story, and I come back to it often. Um, really, this has been on my heart 
moving forward and why it's important and what God wants us to do in all of that. And and sometimes in my own life, I feel like the only thing I can do is move forward. The only thing I know to do is take the next step. I don't have all of the steps figured out. I don't know what the future will bring, what it will hold. I don't know exactly what to do in all the nuanced areas of my life right now, but I can take the next step. What does the Bible have to say about that? We come to this story in Exodus chapter 14, and I would encourage you to go back and read this at some point. It's just fascinating. But you're familiar with the story of Exodus. The nation of Israel lived in the country of Egypt, and you could go back to Genesis to figure out how all of that took place. Uh, Joseph, in Genesis, sold into slavery by his brothers, ends up in Egypt, becomes the second most powerful man in the nation of Egypt, and brings his family, which is the beginnings of the nation of Israel, brings his family to Egypt. They live there, they have families, they have children, they grow to a very large number. We don't know the number exactly, but uh, the Bible talks about two million men. There were women and children. This is several million folks. They're living in the nation of Egypt. The people in Egypt, including Pharaoh, begin to fear that because these Israelites, this, this nation that's living among them is getting so large that they'll become so powerful that they'll take over. And this is uh, not a modern problem. We talk about this now, right? But this is not a modern problem. This was something the Egyptians were looking at. And so what they decided to do was make slaves of the Israelites. They enslaved them in the sense that they conscripted them into doing public works projects. Uh, they had them build, and they had them even create the materials needed to build They put overwhelming requirements on their production output. This is a very bad situation. The burden is laid on top of the children of Israel as they live in Egypt. The Bible says they cried out to God, and God brought about deliverance. And Now, I could work through the whole story, but you know the story of Moses. Moses is called by God. He speaks to that burning bush, and all of the events take place that lead him to standing before Pharaoh. This is all backstory. This gets us to Exodus chapter 14. He stands before Pharaoh. He says, hey, God has spoken to me, and God wants you, Pharaoh, to let his people, that is the children of Israel, go, to let them leave the nation of Egypt. Pharaoh says yes, then he says no, then he says yes, then he says no, ten different times. You know the story. Plagues come. It gets really bad. The plagues are so overwhelming that Pharaoh says, get these people out of here. Then he changes his mind, and he goes back and forth. This happens again. And again, eventually, Pharaoh says, uh, you can leave. Um, So much in that, I I won't walk through all of it, but you can leave. Moses, finally, after all of the events of the plagues and everything else that had taken place, leads the nation of Israel out of the land of Egypt toward what the Bible calls the promised land, uh, a land that God had set aside for his children to settle and to grow a wonderful place the Bible talks about. And and again, that's a very important part of the story, but not for today's discussion. As the children of Israel are finally leaving the nation of Egypt, the Pharaoh has second thoughts again. He begins to, by getting his army together, chase down the children of Israel. And we find this story pick up in Exodus chapter 14. So all these events have taken place. Keep this in mind. God has done miraculous work, plagues, (laughs) deliverance, 
leading the nation of Israel. God is at work in all of this. They've seen this happen. They've watched the hand of God. Miraculous events take place. All of this has happened, and now things get worse. This is important as we begin to look at this story. So often good things will happen, miraculous things will take place, and on the other side of that, kind of the highs of life, there is a low. It's important in those moments to look back at what God has done, to hang on to what he's done, and to understand that if he's brought you this far, he'll carry you forward. But if we're honest, it's easy to say that. It's much harder to live that out. God has done so many great things in the past, so many great things in our lives. He's brought victory. But now we stand perhaps in front of an obstacle that seems insurmountable, and so quickly we forget how great God has been. Let me look at this story with you. Exodus chapter 14. I'll just read some of this. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before uh, Pihiroth, I'm not good at these names, between Migdal and the sea, over against Baal-Zephon, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. So so here's the first part of this. God came to Moses and said, I want you to encamp, to go move to, set up camp, against the sea. We're talking about the Red Sea here. This is that great parting of the Red Sea that we're all so familiar with. He said, I want you to go to the Red Sea. I want you to camp there because when you're there, really I'm boxing you into an impossible situation. And Pharaoh's going to look at where you are and say, well, they can't cross the water and they're caught in the land. They're in a corner. They have nowhere else to go. And Pharaoh will come and he'll try to overcome you. And in that moment, God says, The Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. This is so important. Please don't miss this. When God does miraculous works in your life, and then as you pursue Him, you follow Him into what seems like an overwhelming situation, the natural response is to say, God, I don't understand. This doesn't make sense. God, how did I end up here? I was following you. You've done these amazing things, but here I am. What's going on? Don't forget what we've talked about in the last couple of weeks on this podcast. Your number one purpose, there's a lot of things God can do in your life, but your number one purpose is to bring honor and glory to God. And sometimes it is through those difficult moments of life, those dark moments of life, those those times where you're looking at the obstacle in front of you and wondering how in the world you can move on, how can I take the next step? It's in those moments that God can most be glorified. And that's exactly what God is setting up here for the children of Israel. He's saying, look, I'm going to put you in this situation so that when I work, the Egyptians will know finally, once and for all, that I am the Lord. This is crazy. Verse number 5, And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. So exactly what God said was going to happen is happening. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? 
And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with an high hand, but the Egyptians pursued after them. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pahirith before Baal Zephon. This says Pharaoh had second thoughts and he got the whole army, all of it, every bit of it, and he chased them down. Hello, hello, Quinice Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's word one verse at a time to explore his will for your life and desire to draw closer to him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search your daily Bible verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word. Verse 10. Uh, verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Now, we need to pause right here. This is crazy. God had worked miraculously in delivering the nation of uh, the children of Israel, the nation of Israel. In fact, if you go back in Exodus, they're so excited about it, they sing songs, they praise, they worship. Now here they make it sound like they didn't want to have anything to do with it. But not too long ago, they were worshiping God for his deliverance. God told them to move, and they did. And when they moved, they found themselves in what they assumed was, believed was, what appeared to be a very bad situation. And they said, God can't work here. We told you we didn't want to do this. They lost hope. Now, one of the reasons I like this story is because I can see myself in it. God working in my life. God doing things in my life that only God can do. God doing the miraculous stuff. And then God directing, guiding. And me following because I want to follow God. I want to pursue Him. I want to live a life of faith. So I do, and then it doesn't work out exactly as I had envisioned or doesn't look exactly the way that I had pictured in my mind, and so I think that maybe God made a mistake or maybe someone led me astray. Now, it is possible to be led astray. It's not possible for God to make a mistake, but it's possible for us to make a mistake, and certainly we need to evaluate the steps that we're taking. We need to evaluate them in light of what God has told us and in light of what the Bible says. But if we are sincerely where God wants us to be, then instead of wanting to go back to the place where we were enslaved, 
it's wise to say, God, what would you have for me to do next? The nation of Israel couldn't see that, but Moses could, and that's exactly what he came to them with. He said, look, it's going to be okay. Stay where you are. Be quiet. Listen. Let God do what only God can do. He today will fight for you. The way I picture the scene in my mind is that Moses is standing before this great multitude of Israelites. They're complaining again. They're upset again. They're scared because they see the children or the Egyptian army rather coming up behind them. They look to their rear and what they see is certain destruction. They look to the front and what they see is an impassable river or sea, the Red Sea. Moses stands in front of them. He tells them to be confident. He tells them to trust God. (laughs) And I wonder if in his heart he was saying, God, you need to do something here. Because God begins to speak. Verse number 15, And the Lord said to Moses, Isn't it crazy when God starts to talk? (laughs) And the Lord said to Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. This is such a crazy verse to me. Moses led the children of Israel to do what God told them to do. They got to where God wanted them to be, then they got scared. Moses said, we need to trust God and let God do the work. The only thing that can be done is for God to intervene. And so he told the nation of Israel they needed to wait on God. And then God said, look, the time for prayer (laughs) is over. Now, I need to be careful with this. I spent a lot of time in the last several weeks talking about prayer. I did a whole episode on prayer. Uh, I believe God calls us. He commands us to come to him in prayer. We went through all of those verses. We've looked at all of that. God wants to hear from us, and certainly he does. But when God tells us to go, what God wants us to do in that moment is to go. He says, hey, Moses, why are the people just standing there? I told you to go. Why are the people just standing there? I told you to move forward. God didn't use this language. But if we ask the question, what does God think about us moving forward? What does God think about us marching when it would be easier to stay where we are and die? Well, we have a very real picture of this before us in uh, this passage in Exodus chapter 14. The children of Israel had what seemed to be an insurmountable obstacle in front of them. They were in a place, they didn't know what to do, and they could decide to stay where they are and die. It would have been very real and very physical. Or they could do the next best thing, (laughs) put one foot in front of the other and march. But see, they didn't understand how all of that would work out. But what God wanted them to do was simply take the next step. Simply move forward. Moses... Wherefore criest thou unto me, God said, Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward, but lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. 
And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, upon his chariots, upon, uh, upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud of darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other uh, all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. What an amazing event that takes place here. Now, there have been people that have tried to suggest this is just a story, that this didn't actually happen or it didn't happen exactly like this. Uh, they talk about maybe the Red Sea was a different place or maybe the water just wasn't that deep. <laughs> the entire nation of Israel looked at what was in front of them and said, there's no way we can get across that. This was the Red Sea, and it was deep enough for the entire nation of Israel to say, we're trapped. And the wind came, and it parted the sea, and it dried the land. They weren't walking through mud. They weren't walking through swamp or a marsh. The children of Israel crossed this insurmountable obstacle one step at a time, one deliberate, faith-filled step at a time. They marched to a place of safety and protection to the place that God wanted them to be. You see, what God wanted from the children of Israel was their obedience. And what God wanted from the children of Israel was for them to trust him enough in one of the most difficult moments of their lives to simply put one foot in front of the other. And when they did, and we see this again later on when they get to Jericho and the river around Jericho is parted. Very similar situation, but we see this as they began to move forward. The water parted, and God did the work that only God could do. The rest of the story, and I won't read the rest of the story, but the rest of the story, if you'd like to look at it in Exodus chapter 14, is that the Egyptians did follow the Israelites into the Red Sea. <laughs> but that as the last Israelite crossed on to the other side, the walls that were parted closed, and the Egyptian army was destroyed. There was a purpose in all of this. God told Moses the purpose at the beginning. He tells him again here, and then it is played out as we see the story develop. The purpose really had very little to do with the nation of Israel. The purpose was that the nation of Egypt the Egyptians, and I would suggest all of those around this area would know that something miraculous had happened and that the Lord is God. The God of the nation of Israel is God indeed. See, this is what it comes down to. We follow God because he's God. 
and we take the next step because as we pursue Him and trust Him by faith, even though we can't see the end from the beginning, He, because He'll do the miraculous, He'll do what only He can do, He alone will receive honor and glory. There are times where God says, you need to be still and know that I'm God. But there are times in our lives, and we know this, where the obstacle may be big, but God's saying, take the next step, move forward, trust me, have faith. And although we think it's all about us, it's all about Him. And yet He allows us to be a part of the process of pointing people who will look at us in a difficult life situation appointing those people to God. This reality is one that I have to revisit again and again and again. There's so much wrapped up in this. We could talk about concepts of success and, and what it looks like to trust God and pursue God, the will of God, all of these, these, these concepts, these principles that we, we do talk about. But I love this picture in this story because it sums up life. What's my job? To trust God. How do I do that? One faith-filled step after another. God has a plan for your life, and God has a plan for my life, and those plans will not be the same. What God wants to do in you will not be exactly what God wants to do in, my, in me and in my life. But there is something that's common to all of us. God wants to use our lives where he's placed us with the opportunities and the gifts that he's given to us. He wants to use us to point other people to himself. So, when you find yourself in those moments where the traumas, the trials, and the difficulties of the past seem to have a hold on you, the obstacles in front of you seem insurmountable. They're just so big. When the temptation is to just give up, to quit, to throw in the towel, to stay where you are and die, as we talk about so often, not only do you need to take the next step, move forward, march for yourself, because that's what life is all about. It's moving forward. It's making progress. But you need to take that faith-filled step that is trusting God for what's in front of you even when you can't see it. You need to march because when we march, when we move forward, God alone receives the glory. What a wonderful opportunity we have to point others to Him. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know if you're at one of those God's doing the miraculous and uh, kind of one of those mountaintop times of your life. Maybe you are, and if you are, it's wonderful. But maybe you find yourself in a place where you look in front and there's an obstacle and you look behind and there's people chasing you down. What do you do? When it seems like your world is falling apart, you march. Put one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward. 
I love this passage of Scripture. I hope it's a help to you and an encouragement to you today. Again, if you have not yet subscribed to this show, please do that. Subscribe. That would be wonderful. Go to jeremystonlicker.com. You can find out more about me. And then follow along on the 22 for 22 Challenge, 22challenge.com. That would be wonderful. I appreciate you joining the show today. and look forward to talking to you next time. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.